Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Jenny G. Cousins, and this is Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. Now, to, to see these episodes and interviews, you've got to subscribe to my channel and my podcast. I'm on many different platforms, so I'm sure you're going to catch it. And let me know what you guys think. Make some comments below and such like that, because we're going to really start interacting and things are expanding. So you can catch me on all these different platforms. I'm not going to talk about myself. I'm going to be talking about my extraordinary guest today, and you're going to see why I have invited him on to interview him. So before I start asking him questions, I'm going to give you just a little bit of his background and then we're going to talk. It's time to chat. So today, now I'm going to be speaking to Jack Morgan. And Jack Morgan was an atheist most of his most of his life until a chance encounter with the spiritual teacher awakened him to his own presence in 2013. The following year, his Kundalini awakened during a lucid dream. After his near-death experience, his mind opened to other realms of consciousness via out-of-body experience, telepathic communication with deities, and sensing energies. He experienced a unification between his consciousness and the consciousness of our living world and learned how to descend his energetic roots into the heart of Earth. Jack now supports people overcoming their disease with life and awaken to the support that has always been there via a membership group and one-on-one sessions and long-term transformative programs. So please welcome Jack Morgan. Thank you, Jack, for taking the time to chat with me today. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. You're welcome. You're very welcome. So now I know that everyone's going to find you very interesting and extraordinary. And I know especially one person who is going through very similar experience that you're going to um that you're going on so he's going to be really in tuned in like everyone else mind you but okay so now you were the you were an atheist most of your life until you met a spiritual teacher back in 2013 what made you open up to spirituality so i was so i had a difficult childhood you know like a lot of people do had plenty of trauma in there uh, so in my teenage years, I turned to drink and drugs as a way to cope with that. And in my 20s, that became more extreme. And I reached a point where I was just really tired with it all. Um, you know, the lows were outnumbering the highs. And I just had enough, really. Um, and at the same time, I was moving to a new city and my new housemate 
um, asked me if I'd ever heard of Eckhart Tolle, and I hadn't, and I wasn't interested in spirituality. Um, but I was going through a lot of changes, so I was more open than I normally would be. And I thought, I'll look at one of his videos. Uh, so I just went on YouTube and I start looking at him and it was as if um, I was having a psychedelic experience. You know, I was completely sober, but I was looking at him and it was like everything else disappeared except for him. And he was just glowing with this light and my mind went completely silent. It was as if I was being absorbed into something. Um, and then shortly after that, I saw he had a video called How to Stop Thinking and I thought, oh, I'll try to do that. And I tried to do it through the ways that I'd seen in movies. So I just sat on my bed and tried to meditate, but I, I knew nothing about meditation. Um, but to my surprise, it worked. And I watched my thoughts and they slowed down and then they stopped completely. And in their place was just this vibrant presence, uh, this light. Um, which was so peaceful and beautiful and it felt so fresh and new it was like this filter had been taken away and I was seeing life clearly for the first time in years mm -hmm. and um, I was in that state for about 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes and then my thoughts came back in and I was thinking like whatever this is, this is what I've been looking for all my life. Um, I knew that Eckhart knew what this thing was. I had no idea what it was, but he used the word presence. So mm -hmm. I was like, that sounds right, like to what this thing is. And that was how it began for me. When you, like when you saw this light, did did like did you notice that your body changed at all like did it like change in temperatures or did it like did you feel calm or nervous or oh, very calm really calm um the sensation i remember putting my hands together like this and just the sensation of my hands touching each other just felt wonderful and i remember thinking well not thinking but i remember having some kind of recognition that oh maybe that's why monks like put their hands together you know because it feels so good <laughs> <laughs> that, but i didn't that, notice any temperature change you know maybe there was but i i didn't pick up on it yeah it felt really calm and like something you really haven't felt that essence before like we have our calm states but was it something that you've never experienced before with that kind of feeling or was it like something familiar or i'd never felt it in a way that was that clear before and and while sober you know i'd had some drug states which might have had a similar level of clarity of mind where the substance that i was taking had made the thoughts in my mind very slow or maybe even stop for a time but it didn't have the same kind of calmness and clarity that I felt then. Um, yeah, and it's and like, I, there was like a visual component in that. The light that I had seen shining out of Eckhart was now shining out of everything. Like I, w I remember looking at the walls in my room and it's like 
it's almost like a hologram shining. Um, and there was just something very wonderful about that. Yeah, like that safe space. Like you're yeah. complete but, in a, that safe space, right? Yeah, like there just weren't any worries. Yeah, yeah. Because your Kundalini started to awaken during that time as well. So I, for the next six months or so, I was just um, dipping into Eckhart's teachings and it felt very much like he was already there and he was kind of holding my hand as I was taking my first steps into that place. That's what it felt like. And after about six months, he I watched one of his videos and he was talking about Ramana Maharshi, the Hindu saint um, who was known all around the world during the uh, 20th century. And he was talking with him about him in such high regard. I was like, okay, well, if Eckhart is helping me so much, then this guy must be able to help me even more. You know, that was kind of the thinking of it. And uh, so I, I Googled Ramana Maharshi. I found his tiny little book that he has called uh, Nanya, which means who am I? And I read up about his practice of self-inquiry and what to do. And it's very simple. He was just like, whenever a thought arises, you inquire into who it is that it's referencing, you know, and you'll realize that it's always referencing you. And then you, when you notice that, you follow the thought back to its point of origin as me. And then you ask yourself, well, who am I? who is this me that it, the thought is referring to? Mm -hmm. And as he explains in the book, and as I experienced by practicing it, what that does is it turns its, your mind in on itself and it stops externalizing what many people would call a false self, an egoic identity, and instead turns in on itself and looks at its own origin, which is turning toward the true self like who we truly are in our essence when we aren't thinking. Um, so I, I'm someone who, when I get my teeth into something, I just go at it a hundred percent. So when he said, watch every thought, I took that literally. So I watched every thought and I did that very intensely for about a week. Um, and unrelenting. Yeah. Uh, to the point where it would be carrying over into dreams as well. So even in dreams, I would notice myself thinking and do the same practice over and over and over again. And what it did was it created a very, very deep and stable sense of calm inside me. So I was being rewarded for this practice. I had no idea what it the practice would actually do to me. Um, I didn't know anything about Kundalini. Um, all I knew was that enlightenment was a good thing and that this technique leads to it, so I'll do it. Um, but what actually happened was in a lucid dream, I was sat in front of a teacher who may have been Ramana Maharshi. I don't know. He did look um, like he was Indian, um, so he, he could have been. Maybe it was somebody else. But he said a teaching to me. So in this dream, he said to me, Feel the awareness in your left hand. Feel the awareness in your right hand. The hands are different. So I felt that, you know, I could feel that difference. And then he said, the awareness is one. 
And I could feel that too, that there is only one awareness that is aware of both of these hands. That recognition caused the, caused the whole dream to collapse in on itself. And I was in darkness. I won't go into loads of detail about this. I've mentioned it in other interviews, but basically I went through a tunnel of light similar to a near-death experience, eventually crossed over. Um, in the, the darkness of the tunnel, I was filled with fear, and then I crossed over into the light, and it was pure ecstasy uh, with no fear whatsoever once I finally crossed over. Um, it was just an ocean of golden light that I found myself in. Uh, I returned back from that state, and I could feel that same ecstasy flowing up and down my spine uh, like lightning. I was drenched in sweat and my body was in a very strange posture and eventually it calmed down and I was exhausted and I fell asleep. Um, but following that experience, that's when everything really started to um, get wild. Yeah. it. I, I mean, I've, I've had a few near death experiences myself. And I mean, one was really profound like standing in front of Christ myself, you know, um, and as you were talking about, that's why I was asking, right? Like the sweating and, and, and the, the calmness and then all of that, it's, I can, I can relate to that, like myself and even, you know, these teachers standing in front of you, it's, they're very real. It's not, you know, like a dream. It feels like a dream, but, you know, it's like, that's really, really happening. Like I, mm -hmm. I can go on and on about that. Like I, that's why I wanted to have you on as well. So yeah, you know, that, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with, with so many people out there that are scared of passing, cause I used to work on call at a hospice for many years. And of course, seeing many people pass every day and, and I mean, like, it's it's sometimes nice to, for even families out there, other people who are sick and such like that, to hear somebody like yourself even talking about it so they know that there's nothing to be scared of. Like, once you were going down that tunnel and then you entered into that warmness of the light, you, you know, it's experience, as you said, that it's something that you have to experience to really feel it. Yeah, and it's it's a really intense experience to go through. Um, you know, for me, it, it felt like my entire world was being um, taken away. You know, it literally felt like I was dying on a really fundamental level. Um, and that was scary and intense, but yeah. it was fine also. You know, it was fine in the end. It's like um, being born, you know, you, you go through this very stressful narrow place but then you come out at the end of it <laughs> then you're like oh my god where am i <laughs> yeah yeah no that that's wonderful and um especially because you know you had mentioned that you know you you had some addictions with drugs and alcohol and such like that um like even after your experience were you like drawn into that to get back into like addictions and such like that? Or did things really kind of start shifting for you as soon as this happens? Oh, that's a good question. So, well, I, I'd been cutting down, like um, 
I was cutting down even before the situation with Eckhart. Like I was just getting, it was just, I'm tired of this, you know, but um, I did still like get, get involved with alcohol and drugs. Um, but there was one particular moment, actually, I think after the Kundalini awakening, maybe it was before where I'd gone out with some friends and got very drunk and then woke up really hungover in the morning and I couldn't connect with presence and I remember some some guide, some inner part of myself asking me the question, like, what do you want? Like, do you want to connect with presence or do you want to get really drunk? Like, which one of those two do you want? And I was like, I want the presence. So I basically stopped. I think after that, it was like a turning point for me. But I can't remember if that was before or after the Kundalini. So if someone came up to you and they said, um, yeah, what, you know, they all have a release of um, what Sorry, I can't hear you. Oh. It's very, it's gone very, um, like you're in the distance. Oh, can you hear me now? Uh it's still very muffled. It's like um, it's almost like you're talking in a cave in the distance. Okay. Um, um, can can oh. you can you hear me? Yeah, it's come back. It's come okay. back now. It's got to be that light, as I mentioned earlier, that light uh, that was coming in. I I don't know. I don't know. Today is the main portal day today as well. High vibrational. So expect the unexpected too. By the way. <laughs> As I'm traveling. But anyways, so if somebody comes up to you and says, Jack, what is your definition of God? What what would you say to them? Because I mean, you know, we all have our own perception, of course, but what would you say? Yeah. So I mean, there's a few different ways to answer a question like that, but the one that most calls to my heart, like, is I'll need to give a little explanation of how things have gone for me in terms of my awakening first, just to give a bit of context. So a lot of people talk about ascension, like our consciousness awakening up and out of our body and into the sky, essentially into the heavens. And th this ascension process is often referenced. And I, I felt like I went through something like that with the initial Kundalini kind of burst um, but what happened afterwards was the my awareness started descending. So descending down from the heavens into my body, into my heart, into my abdomen, and down through the soles of my feet and further down. So down into the earth herself and deeper down to to connect with a presence, a presence that isn't just confined to my own human form. It's like a greater presence that is located within the heart of the earth. Yeah. And I feel a similar presence above my head. But for me, the way that I am kind of made or designed, I feel like I'm a, like a root that goes down into the earth and part of my call is to deeply connect with the heart of the earth and unify my consciousness my soul 
with her soul, the soul of the earth. And through doing that, which was a natural process that happened, that just happened by itself, I feel like my God is the living heart of our world. Some people talk about the anima mundi, like the spirit of the world. And that's, for me, where divinity is strongest. So what is God? God is the feminine principle of life. God is matter. God is the world. And she is what has created our body. And her spirit is one with our spirit. So she is our mother as flesh in that she has given us body, but she is also our spirit beneath the spirit within the world. I like that. I like that. I get different responses and it, you know, it's, it's the energy that literally goes right through you. You know, even as you're talking about it, I could literally see this energy go right through you as you were talking. I really did. Right. Yeah. I'm sitting back here. Okay. I like that. That's a really beautiful saying how you put it, you know, and that's why I ask because everybody has their own perception from experiences or, or their beliefs or whatever like that. And I'm sure there's many people, um, you know, that are really going to tune into that in, in their own way and really feel it like literally really, really feel it. Cause that's a different way to put it. And I love it. I, I love that. Yeah. Sometimes in my work, I work with people who have had these big awakenings above and are very sensitive and very spiritually aware. And for people like that, all I have to do is hold the frequencies of what I would call Gaia, like the spirit beneath, which I can feel right now, like it's a felt sense. My consciousness is awake below yeah. and open. And because I'm holding that frequency, it transfers to people who are ready to receive it. And people who have done a lot of work opening themselves up above very readily open up uh, below. And it can be quite um, surprising for people like that. I'm, often they'll say something like, I never even considered that. Like, I never even thought of that as an option. But now this entire other dimension of consciousness has just opened um, and it's effortless. So how long did it, after your experience, how long did it take you to get grounded, you know, like back into your physical body? Because an experience like that, you know, it can be really hard to get back grounded. Like, oh my gosh, I'm back in my physical body now. It took ages, ages. Like for two and a half years, I was out of work. Uh, for one year of those two and a half years, I was waking up every night at like 3 a.m. sweating because I was having nightmares 
Um, because what had happened was the Kundalini was like, it just turned up the amplitude of the consciousness of my body, which meant that all of the things that I had been suppressing and hiding from within my body suddenly had a bright light shining on them. Um, and I didn't have a way of regulating that. Um, so all I could do was just white knuckle my way through. Um, it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. It, Kundalini awakening can be really intense. Um, and I mean, even when my Kundalini awakened, I felt like somebody lit, lit a match to the, to my spine right at the bottom. Like my spine literally mm. was on fire and, and I'm like, did I just lean back against like hot stove or something? And, and I'm like, mm -hmm. and I, I remember I went in the bath and it was really, you know, it was, I thought, you know what? I want a cold bath. Like, because I, my whole body was like, oh my God, it's like on fire. And I stayed in the bath and that temperature in the bath water went warm with like quite quickly. That's how hot my body was. Like yeah. that was, that was crazy intense. And I know a lot of people are really, you know, it can even take them into like, like that psychosis state of mind. I have yeah. a, actually a client that I, I'm trying to help and work with. Um, and his Kundalini, he, like it's, it's really difficult for him to handle and work with. He's, yeah. he's even gone for surgeries. <laughs> You know, uh, it's it's that intense with him um, without going into lots of details, right? So um, I know he's going to be one of the first people to watch this, right? Um, well, so uh, if, if somebody's... Well, I, gonna, yeah. So first of all, like I was really surprised at how physical awakening can be. And I feel that like that's what you're describing as well. And I some schools of spirituality don't, don't really talk about that. And I think that that's a problem um, because people are going into these practices and not knowing the kind of impact that it can have on their life. There's people who chase the Kundalini awakening and are doing all these practices. And I'm like, you know, you need to know what you're letting yourself in for potentially, you know, if, if you really succeed in this, I don't know if you really want this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, like, I remember, <laughs> one time I was in like a meditation group and um, some guy out of the blue comes running into the center, like panicking. And he was like, my Kundalini just awoken and he was screaming and he like, and I'm like, well, this is the right group to be in. But you know, it was really intense. He didn't know who we were. He didn't know where he was, but that force, you know, brought him into our group. And it was like a large gathering right like mm. he was like just a mess it was like he was like on a hundred million different drugs and he couldn't handle it so that kundalini is is very powerful like very powerful and you, you have people like oh i want to get this going my kundalini i'm like you don't understand you really don't know to the extent <laughs> like what yeah. can happen with that so what would you say to somebody if they're like yeah oh my god like my kundalini just like awoken or it's awakening like what do i do how can i handle this like what would you say to them as like advice or something so rather than going to advice like what i'm doing right now 
is I'm holding a grounded frequency of consciousness. So there is a form of awakening that goes up, and a lot of people awaken in that way with their kundalini, and it can be really destabilizing and overwhelming. Yeah. Like it, their consciousness is suddenly pushing through lots of blocks and is opening up out into the cosmos. Right. And that's all well and good. But really, to do something like that stably, you need roots that go down into the earth. So I believe part of my purpose here in sharing these messages is to be that root for others. And that's what I'm holding right now. So my consciousness is within the heart of our world. It's open. So beneath your feet, there is a vast, still expanse. Quiet and calm grounded and still. You can allow yourself to rest in that place. And it's beneath your feet, it's down. You can invite your body to relax into a downward movement of consciousness. What you may feel is that there your downward movement is met by an upward movement so that the earth herself is reaching up to you as you are reaching down to her. Almost like you're putting your hand inside the earth and she is lifting her hand up and she's holding your hand. And you can just rest in that place. So I invite you to see how this feels for you, what I'm sharing here. If it resonates, then you can come back to this, to me saying this. And what's important is the frequencies of energy that I'm holding. And you can allow your body to be held by those same frequencies. Because it can be really intense, right? Um you know, for, for some people, of course, you know, so now after, after you're like awakening and such like that, and, and you're near death and experiencing that, how did your, how did your family and, and friends react? Cause I, cause I mean, I, I know myself, it's, you walk alone pretty much into the unknown. How did they react to you? Like, I'm sure everything of course changed and yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a very good relationship with my family, with most of my family members. Like, I talk a little bit to one of my brothers. I've got two two older brothers and an older sister. I don't really talk to one of the brothers and my sister, but my older brother, like, he he's not interested in any of this. And the tiny bits that I've shared, it's kind of like it's hit a wall. You know, and it's like, okay, well, I, you know, I can't really talk to him about any of this. Um, my mum, like I was living with her for two and a half years when all of this was happening. And she's the person in my life who I have the most difficulty with, like the most tension with. Mm, 
it was it's strange because she's a christian and it takes that pretty seriously you know she's kind of light-hearted as well but like she's definitely a christian you know like she really is into that um and i was being taught by a christian mystic for five years um but she never really acknowledged that it, i don't know that there's some strange things going on with her where she can't see me you know and the fact that i was going through this mystical transformation which is actually in line with the mystics of her own faith um it's like she was blind to it um i had one really uh, good friend who is i've known since i was maybe five years old and i'm still in touch with now and he was uh great like he was just really open-minded i was having all these weird experiences and channeling and everything and i channeled to him and he just took it in his stride um so i'm really grateful to him thank you jake <laughs> i can relate i can relate to that and and i also know that you started speaking a different language yeah for months like like what what language was was that and like how did that happen so i didn't i didn't know what it was i would just say these words and they didn't sound like anything I'd ever heard anybody say before, but they made me feel relaxed and calm. And I noticed that I would say them if I was stressed, especially like it would just start coming through, like that would calm me down. Um, it wasn't until I went to Sicily a year ago um, and I went to Mount Etna mm -hmm. to perform a ritual. Um, and it, that, it was actually on Halloween, Samhain, when I went up the mountain in the end and i went to do this ritual and instinctively i started speaking that same language into the volcano um, i filmed myself doing this ritual and i sent the video of it to a friend of mine and she was like oh i know the language that you're speaking and she sent me a link to a video it was a youtube video of a guy i was shocked because i i listened to this video and i was like what this guy is saying this he's speaking in the same way like how how is that possible um and the video was called dragon light language mm. uh, and then the penny dropped that i had just gone up an active volcano um on one of the days of the year where the veil is thinnest and performed a ritual speaking dragon light language into the volcano shortly after that a number of different dragons started to connect with me and it, it was a major change in my life wow do you have dragon in your chart like in your zodiac chart your chinese what dragon? zodiac um, oh i don't know my chinese zodiac oh you should look it up look at the year um like i'm a double fire horse like i'm a like double the fire myself so I'm just curious, like go by your year, like the year you were born in the month and just say Chinese, Chinese Zodiac for year 19, whatever, whatever year it is. And then it will show you what animal you are. And I'm, you should look into it. You might have the dragon in you. Cause that was actually one of my questions was the dragon. Cause I know you're very connected with dragons. 
Well, do you yeah, have like a dragon also, tattoo? Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I have a friend who's a tattoo artist and we were talking about me getting a dragon tattoo. Um, but I, so I met somebody recently actually, and he was talking about how he's a dragon, like he's a water dragon. Yeah. And I told him my date of birth and I think he said that I'm a fire tiger. Okay. Yeah. I think something like that. Yeah. But I have a tiger. lot of Scorpio in my chart. Like, and I, I think Scorpio yeah. is probably no. related to dragons. Not surprised. Like huge transformation death Scorpio, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I just heard that dragon tattoo. That's why I asked. I just heard that come in because I read people, right? Oh. So I was like, you're going to get a dragon tattoo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's on the cards for sure. I think they'd appreciate it. I went on a night out recently, actually. And the reason I, I don't normally go out like to clubs, but um, the reason I went was because the night was called Mystic Rose. Yes. And the work that I do is connected to the rose. And I saw that one of the dance floors was named the dragon floor. And I was like, okay, they're calling me to this. And all night I I saw somebody with dragon just tattooed across their back. And uh, somebody else had a dragon like tattooed on their back. And it was like, okay, hi, guys. <laughs> I'm the volcano guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's remember me. Yeah, I mean, like, that's very powerful, like volcanoes and the fire, you know, dragon. Yeah. And I'm very connected with the volcanoes, too. So, yeah, I... I magical places. Yes. Yeah, I was on the big island and, and very, very cool. So now if somebody had, like, addictions, right? Because I know, of course, you struggled with, you know, like, I believe we all have addictions one way or another, regardless of what there's... So somebody came to you and they're like, you know, Jack, I'm I'm struggling with like drugs or alcohol or some other addictions, let's say, whatever it is, right? What what would you say to them? Like word of advice to them at all? So in a situation like that, the first thing that I'd be doing is listening really deeply. So I'd be holding space for whatever it is that they want to share that's connected to that addiction. And what I would be thinking is the addiction is a symptom of a deeper problem that has an emotional and energetic core. And what happens when I'm working with people is my field of consciousness starts to expand and I feel a mirrored image of their energy field within my own or my energy field resonates with their energy field so i can feel where knots are inside their energy field and can feel their emotions and what can be underlying the addiction so as i listen to them sharing about what's been going on for them i'm like a detective who is exploring those realms and I either work with people where I remain in my human consciousness or I channel one of the beings that I work with, the goddesses or the dragons. So the dragons, for example, I channel them directly through myself and then they can perform the energetic healing and they can speak to my clients. What happens when that when they do that is that the field expands further and I experience it as knowing 
the different timelines that this person has lived. Yeah. I can feel them. And I can feel where the knots of emotion that link to their current addiction exist in other points in space and time. The, if I'm working with a dragon, for example, the black dragon that I work with is very good with cleansing. And what he will do is just eat through these energies at all of the different points in space-time because he exists across space-time. He's not limited to a specific point in time and space. So he can feel all of these places simultaneously and resolve them all so that they're not constantly feeding one another. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, there are people that would have addictions. I mean, people judge. And, I mean, the number one law of the universe is do not ever judge anybody. There's reasons behind it. Nobody likes to be addicted to anything, you know, and exactly. So that's what I wanted to get your perspective on it and such like that, because, you know, people have tried a lot of different things for addictions, for whatever it is. And, you know, having like that session with you so they could really understand it in a different way. It's like, if, if you don't know, it, have you tried it? Right. And it's, it's worth a try. And that's the thing. It's getting to the root of the problem and people can't judge yeah. anybody. I get, you know, it's just so heartbreaking, so heartbreaking. So now I've how does that this before with, um, with a client who was, um, I wouldn't say she was an alcoholic, but she was definitely alcohol dependent and drinking a lot. Um, and it was just through us having conversations, like I wasn't even trying to help her to stop drinking. We just had conversations and the energy flow was such that she just stopped um, within quite a short space of time. And as far as I'm aware, she's re that's remained. Um, so it's, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah. So why is it beneficial for people to know their spirit is one with the spirit of our living world. Yeah. I feel like this is a really important missing link in much of modern spirituality. It's really present within indigenous forms of spirituality, but not so much in modern forms where the emphasis is on awakening up, up. Um, to awaken down into Mother Earth provides a deep sense of rootedness and belonging. Through direct connection with her consciousness, she teaches us through the sense of feeling that we belong with her, that she is our mother, and that this is our home. So many people that I talk to who are awakening do not feel like this is their home. And they feel like they're star seeds who have come from other places. And that may well be true. But in order to really link our consciousness and perform the work that we've come here to do, we need to make our home with Gaia and not to do that in some kind of intellectual way, but to do it directly through our energy, through our consciousness, by truly meeting her. When we do that, we will be welcomed as the prodigal child from the Bible was welcomed. She longs to reconnect with us. 
we are a missing part of her. She feels that disconnection and she longs to be reconnected to us. The benefits of it is that it significantly soothes our nervous system. It um, taps us into a greater part of ourself. She is a greater part of herself and she contains wisdom of the cosmos that she has been working on for billions of years. So she can give access to, to all of that, that support, that motherly holding, all these things that are massively missing in many of our lives. So with, with your experience, what, what was the biggest obstacle or, or challenge that you had to experience or, or that you went through? Do you have like a big challenge of some sort, how to work through it and like get through this? My mom. <laughs> my relationship with my mom, I would say, or my relationship with my family in general, like the the level of emotional neglect that I experienced um, caused significant psychological damage yeah. to me that yeah. still harms my relationships today. Yeah. Um, it's a a wound that is so deep um, and so invisible. Um, my former partner, um, she also had difficulties in childhood and she had this saying where she was like, um, childhood trauma is like being shot with an invisible bullet. Yeah. Like you're trying to run a race with your peers and you can't run. You're limping, but nobody knows why. Um, and it is really shocking. I, I was told recently about some research that was saying that a emotionally neglectful chi uh, childhood is so terrifying for a child that it equates to um, PTSD from war. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's that yeah. level of extreme. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I totally get that. I've, I've always been the black sheep of my family, always been on my own forever. And, and, and I went through that. People thought that I was becoming a monk for many, many years, mm. you know, and, and it, it's when we go through those experiences, I find that we can really transform and, and it brings out our natural abilities more spiritually because it's like even whenever I work with people and such like that, no matter what they've been through, I've been there. You know, and, and I know exactly what it's like, walk the walk and talk to talk and also know how to bring them out of that. And through that situation, there, there's so many lost people in this world. So now if, if you could, if you could change anything, it, like absolutely anything in this world, what would it be and why? I mean, there's, we could talk for forever for the rest mm -hmm. of our lives about that one, but. That's really interesting. Okay. Um, so the simple and direct answer to that would be, I wish that people would awaken to the realization that their consciousness and the consciousness of our living world are one and the same, and to feel that directly, to know that directly, and to experience their union with Gaia 
to know that they are home. And for this to happen to the most troubled and most powerful people in our world, so that they relinquish the need to um, attempt to regain that connection through loads of really unconscious and destructive ways, um, creating war like we're experiencing at the moment. Yeah. That's the most direct answer. However, the less direct answer to that question is, let me answer it this way. Okay. So everything is unfolding perfectly. So there is a level where no change is required because everything is as it needs to be. I once had a past life regression where I remembered that I was a Celtic priestess and that I was the leader of my community and that the decisions that I made were had massive impacts on my people who I knew and loved. And I remember when the Romans were invading and that I had to make a decision about that could lead to the death of all of my people. And I chose to sacrifice myself. Uh, I gave myself to the Romans in the hope that that would appease them. They did kill me. Um, and as I was dying, I felt a deep sadness because I thought that all of the people who had entrusted me with their lives were all soon going to experience the same fate that I was experiencing. And that filled my heart with such sadness. But as I was dying, the spirit of Gaia returned to me. And I remembered with total clarity that I am Gaia. I am this living world. And so are the Romans, and so are all the people of my tribe. And that what we are is Gaia's own evolution. Everything that we are living through is her evolution. So whether we live or die, suffer or don't, it is all for her. And she is the greater part of who we are. So I had complete acceptance of everything that was happening and total peace. Yeah. So the reason I say that is no matter what is happening around the world, this is all for her. This is our offering, our sacrifice and our gift to our most beloved mother. And she, she receives that. Wow. I love that. That's, that's really nice. And very fitting, like very, very fitting, you know, especially right now. So if somebody wanted to like find you and to book an appointment with you or discover, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, right? Um, yeah. But if somebody wanted to say, okay, where can I find Jack? How can I connect with him or take any of his classes or, or one-on-one? -on -one? What's the best way for somebody to contact you? So if they go to my website, which is myrisingrose.com, then they can read up about the membership group that I do uh, every week. I do channelings in that group uh, of the goddesses and the dragons of the rising rose. 
and we've got a lovely little community there that support each other and I'm not put up on a pedestal in this group. Like we have um, some specific sessions where all of us uh, share about what's going on in our lives, including me, about the ups and downs. Like I really don't want to create that kind of pedestal environment. So it's very, we're all on the same level. Um, you can also book in for one-on-one -on -one sessions, either with me personally or with me channeling um, the goddesses or the dragons for you. Those are really beautiful, powerful sessions. Uh, and I also do long-term transformational programs. Um, yes. But so the website and also social media. So Facebook is the best way, um, but I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. And I mean, we're going to put these links below. So, you know, you guys can see those links as well for Jack. And I want to thank you, Jack, for taking the time to chat with me today. You know, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on very easily, right? And, um, you know, maybe we can come back and do a live session and people can start asking you questions as well. So if, if anybody all out there would also like to see Jack um, go live and let's talk to Jack and ask him some questions and such like that, let me know, like write it down in the comments below because you never know what I have planned. And Jack, I want to thank you again for coming on. It it was a delight. And, you know, to get your information and, and like your guidance and wisdom and experience, you know, it's, it's really going to help a lot of people understand and feel more comfortable to really open up, you know, because I find there's people that have had experiences as well, and they're too scared to talk about it. You know, and, and whenever they're like, you know, that they get it or they understand it, they'll gravitate towards you and they'll feel that safe, comfortable spot to really open up more. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's my honor to be that for people. You know, I went through such a difficult time myself um, to be able to support other people as they're going through it and to see them calm down over time, like their nervous system calm down and their life quality of life start to improve and and their awakenings become even deeper. It's just wonderful. Like there's moments where I'll work with people and they'll I see the moment when they awaken to Gaia and they realize that they are Gaia. And it's like, there we go. Bingo. Job done. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you again, Jack. Thank you again. It was it was really, really delightful chatting with you and and sharing your story and your experience as well. And I want to thank everyone for watching and, and tuning in. Um, you've got to subscribe to my channel to catch these interviews and my podcast and such like that. I'm on many different platforms. So you'll be able to catch this. And let me know what you guys think. Make some comments if you, you know, what you're experiencing or going through and such like that as well. And I'm your host, Jenny G. And thank you again, Jack, for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate your time. Very grateful. You're so welcome. Can I uh, quickly just end with yes. a blessing for everybody who's, yes. um, who's watching? So 
I just want to share with you what is very alive in me right now, which is to say, you are our living world and you are this cosmos. So you experience yourself in separation and it causes you suffering. But that isn't the truth. It's just an idea that we've been taught to believe over many, many years. But the cloud of that belief is coming undone and the light is starting to shine. And we as human beings are remembering our place in this living cosmos. So allow yourself to remember, relax, and know that you are not alone as you walk home. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jack. Thank so you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. And thanks again, everyone. I'm your host, Jenny G. And make sure you tune in for the next episode and interview on Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. Mm -hmm.